everyone and welcome to episode three of Focal Point, the IMV Imaging Podcast. Today I have the usual team with me, Kat Evans. Hi there. And Sam Mockland. Hi, everyone. As always, we're going to be chatting about a topic related to the field of diagnostic imaging. And today we thought we would discuss the differences between computed radiography and direct digital radiography, so CR and DR. And we're going to chat a little bit about why people are starting now to make a move from CR to DR. For me, it's a really interesting topic, Ben, and something which I think is quite important. Um, as the more you know about it and understand, you can see why both have their benefits and their pluses and minuses. Um, but recently, CR is potentially coming to the end of its historical prominence within the small animal industry, um, as DR has become a lot more affordable. As a quick refresher for everyone, when we refer to CR, this is computed radiography, um, which sometimes people do call computerised radiography. And these systems have a cassette, and that will look very similar to an old-fashioned X-ray cassette. And actually, some of the very early versions, you could put um, a screen inside your old X-ray cassettes if you wanted to, but those ones sort of died out. Um, and what you have, rather than a sheet of film, is a reusable plate um, or screen, which is a photostimulable plate. And what happens with that is when radiation hits it, rather than emitting light like an intensifying screen used to in a film cassette, this actually stores that information until a laser hits it. So you take your image, you pop your cassette into a processor, and the processor takes the screen out, reads it, erases it with bright light, and pops it back in the cassette. And then you'll get your image up on the computer. Now, depending on the system, that can take 30 seconds to a minute, um, it tends to be the ones that are faster are the lower quality systems. Whereas with direct digital or DR, what you have is a detector um, that directly converts radiation into a digital image. And this can either be by radiation hitting a layer of glass that's actually got um, a substance on it that emits light when radiation hits it, and then that gets read and converted into digital signal or it can be a direct conversion where the radiation causes electronics to fire within the reader. And then within seconds, you'll get an image up on your screen. These aren't as robust, which can obviously be an issue in veterinary imaging, but they are so much quicker. And the technology behind this does cost a bit more and they're a bit trickier to make. Um, the great thing is though, these um, detectors have got a lot cheaper recently. Um, so within the time that I've been involved in imaging, they've come down by about a third in price. And a lot of this has come down to the quality of the manufacturing has got so much better. and It's become easier to make these things. Um, and I've always been interested as well. There's been a big difference between small and large animal. So the um, equine world really took up direct digital because the speed and the portability, whereas small animals stayed very much with CR. And if I remember correctly, Ben, you were in equine practice before you joined IMV. So were you using a direct digital there? 
Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it was already by then was, and that's going back seven years now, was kind of the, you know, the default thing to have. Um, very few people, even by then, would would not have had at least one DR system somewhere in the, you know, in an ambulatory equine practice. Um, and as you say, you know, I, I think that the reasons for that are, are well, they, they still hold true today in equine practice in that, um, you know, if you've, you've already got a huge amount of kit to fit in your car, if you're out and about, portability is is hugely significant. And even the earliest versions of the, um, you know, the uh, direct digital systems were significantly more portable, you know, smaller uh, and lighter than uh, their sort of counterpart CR systems. Um, so, it, you know, in that space limited setting, uh, then, you know, having a, a smaller, more portable system was uh, was ideal the other thing is that uh, as you alluded to their cat they are faster you know instead of having to process a plate you know take the plate process it um, uh, kind of recharge it uh, you you get an almost instantaneous image you know a couple of seconds delay um, and if you're trying to you know take an x-ray series of a of a lively youngster then clearly um, uh, speed is is kind of of the essence is going to make your life easier and then most recently, we've, we've, of course, got systems that now have gone completely wireless. And, and, and again, that, um, in a kind of uh, health and safety capacity, uh, equine environment is, uh, you know, is not without its hazards as it is. Uh, and and uh, having a couple of wires, a couple of cables connecting uh, the, the various devices together um, is, is obviously just an extra hazard. So in taking that um, out of a taking that out of the equation it's just made things uh safer for for both the patients you know for the horses and also for for the vets uh, and made made everything that bit quicker as well i think we've also seen that with the small animal systems um because originally i would go out with one of my colleagues to do the install and it was a couple of days and you also had to hardwire it into the existing generator which depending on the generator could be quick or could be a real nightmare um i can remember flights being missed home for engineers and stuff just trying to get this all sorted whereas now most of the panels are pretty much plug and play and they automatically detect the x-rays um which is great because you can just pop them in under the table and they're happy to go and that's made life so much simpler and it's also opened up for people who want to move a generate or move a system between the small and large animal practice, if they're a mixed practice, um, Sam, if I remember correctly, you were at a small animal practice before you joined IMV. Were you on CR or DR there? Yes, so I've been I've been in two practices before I came to join IMV, and, and both made the change while I was at the practice from from automatic film processors to CR systems. Um, so I still um, remember uh, when I first started in practice using the automatic film processor and having to come in out of hours and turn it on if I had an emergency because it took half an hour to warm up um, before you could put an X-ray in it as well. So the, the jump from uh, 
uh, film processing to CR was certainly a, a, a revelation in terms of the just the, the time it sort of saved and the quality of the images and reducing the number of, of non-diagnostic x-rays we ended up getting and having to re um, repeat as well. So the jump from um, from film to CR was was brilliant, really. It was great. Um, however, because I've used CR processes over the, the sort of time in practice, one of the main things I've sort of seen with them is the um, the issues with sort of maintenance really as well and um, so I've, I've been through a number of um, breakdowns with processors and, and plates in practice and um, sometimes due to the inherent sort of design and the moving parts in the CR processors and um, so I've seen I think twice uh, sort of intake kind of units for the plates having to be replaced or changed for kind of more modern ones that worked a little bit better over the time the processor has been used. I've also seen a couple of the plates um, broken due to, to different things, sometimes inserts going in the wrong way round and, and other issues. I, I think definitely for a lot of small ammo practices now, the um, the developments with um, direct digital radiography has made it much more attractive. As, as you've already alluded to, the prices come down quite a lot. They're, um, there's a, they're much more compact. So even compared to um, some CR systems, you can get them in um, a smaller space, which is which is really good, especially in a lot of um, city practices where those spaces are are limited or they don't have purpose built premises as well. And and also just having seen the new um, digital, direct digital systems, uh, there's not those kind of moving parts compared to the sort of CR. So it's um, it's it seems that they tend they should be sort of less less maintenance, less things that could break, which is a is a big benefit. Because as I said, that's been one of the things I've I've noticed with the systems over time. It also with with the digital systems now and, and the advances in the technology, I, the engineers can log in remotely to fix issues and perform updates. And especially at the moment in the kind of um, climate of kind of COVID and things, this means people don't have to um, visit the practice and it makes it a little bit easier for everybody working using those systems. Oh, yeah, that's definitely been a real leap forward. I think also what I've really seen you know, in the last 11 years is the usability of the direct digital software has been like a massive change. I found the early systems were quite clunky um, and you, you had to be a geeky person to really want to use them. Some of them could be very sort of, if you didn't do things in quite the right order, you didn't get a picture. Um, also, a lot of them were just using the straight human software and it wasn't something that really, first of all, came to my mind as a radiographer, but having been involved in latter times or in the development of some of the processing algorithms, animals and humans are very different when you look at our bone density and our muscle to bone ratio. So if you just try and use a human algorithm on an animal, it really can cause some issues. Um, I even see it with the CT scanners because cats and us we're very different um, and it affects how the image actually needs processing and, and I think having a modern system which can really be processing the data in the right way is very important and as well as that some of the developments that have come along is having a lot of tools on board to help with doing measurements and also what's been happening with that is you've now got systems that actually have inbuilt AI that can either plan the beginning of the measurements or even fully automate the measurements. And I think, if I remember correctly, Ben, AI is one of your favourite topics. 
<laughs> what what makes you think that it is you're absolutely right and I, you know i think I, I think we'll see more and more development in this uh, area won't we you know obviously measurements um but but i i you know i don't think we're going to be limited to that either I, it's easy to to um envisage ai increasingly being employed in um at, at a really sort of base level of how the the r panels process the um, process the imaging data to optimize, um, you know, effectively optimize their own algorithms to to give you the uh, the best image quality in a given scenario, um, and then uh, obviously beyond that, we've we've discussed in other podcast in our first podcast, in fact, uh, back in episode one about uh, about the you know other potential applications with regards computer aided diagnosis and so on. So I, I think as this sort of technology moves on. Uh, obviously, we 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 have this sort of beauty of a of a fast um, DR system that's processing the data uh, on the fly, as it were, um, uh, which which you know lends itself then to to also um, uh, kind of optimization and and, and uh, improvement through through um, AI algorithms. So, for sure, I, it's a it's a very um, very exciting area, I think, and one one definitely to keep an eye on. Yeah, I mean, I think these developments um, are, are, are fantastic, and and just just even outside of AI, the the way the software has improved has just had a big effect on the kind of workflow in a practice, and and they're a lot more user friendly now. Like a lot of the technology we use, whether it's sort of um, our our phones or or our computers as well. I mean, these systems can now make the workflow nice and easy, so you can set up your your kind of these procedures and um, very simply. It can link in with other practice systems a lot more easily, and it means that this helps save save time. It is potentially even now with some of the systems suggesting exposures to use and and giving you measurements relative to the, um, the 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 sort of projections you've taken as well, or making it nice and straightforward for people to um, get the images and then analyze them themselves as well. It's also again the, these technologies extend to to the hardware as well. I mean, having your um, direct digital system uh, inbuilt into floating top tables can be really useful uh, in a small animal setting. Um, you're not having to manipulate the patient as much. Um, this can save time. It means the patients are more, more comfortable if you've got them under sedation and they're not having to be um, moved around as much. And I mean, if you're getting to some series where you've got to be um, very specific about the views you want to take, say you're doing a, a, a BV hip or elbow score view and you need it to be good this makes this the doing so so much more simple as well and and for a lot of practices um who might think oh well it's going to be um very difficult to go from sort of a cr to to a, a direct digital system and um, with floating top tables um it's not often as complex as as you think as well and and having those detectors inbuilt means that there's there's one less thing to, to kind of clean it's a little bit more protected yeah uh absolutely and i, I think um people people do th think about that sort of floating top table issue and it's it is important to remember um that if you are in a uh well as you mentioned earlier sam they sort of city uh, in a city practices perhaps or you know, practices where they've got an older building that wasn't purpose-built as a, a vet practice and maybe if space is a bit tight then um, it is still possible to have a small animal DR system 
um, without a floating top table. So just on a normal tabletop, all you need is a a, a decent quality plate protector. And um, you know, just think, obviously, a lot of these systems were, were designed with human hospitals in mind, and uh, and in those environments, they'll often uh, take um, a DR system to you know to a to a ward, say say ICU for example, for um, for imaging there, kind of on site with the with the less stable patients. So uh, it it, um, it can be done. It, yes, floating top table is the the, the sort of ideal setup, um, but it, it certainly doesn't preclude you from from going down the the DR route. And in that vein, I think a lot of manufacturers are are also perhaps driving this this change as well. They see DR as the future. Uh, I think of radiographic imaging, and you can kind of see why. You know, we've obviously kind of discussed this a bit already um to that end some some of the manufacturers are actually bailing on on uh, developing any new cr systems at all um and and i guess with r limited r d budgets or or at least um ha having to kind of justify r d budgets they're now being concentrated by, by certain manufacturers uh, for sure on 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 developing their just their dr or ddr offerings um so for example, glassless DDR panels now, which um, are, are are able to be dropped um, without without being uh, without being wrecked, without being broken, and that kind of thing is it might seem like a reasonably trivial um, development, but actually those sorts of uh, relatively small improvements are are um, in particular in in you know in our profession as it were in, in our uh, more maybe harsher environment perhaps in a hospital are, are you know are going to be key to to uh, making the equipment uh, sort of more cost effective, if you know, if you're if you're less likely to have issues with with breakages. I think that's definitely a big factor. Um, I, one of my mem main memories of when I first joined the company was Gavin showing us um, a detectory had had been kicked by Clydesdale mare and was literally kicked out of the hand of the vet that was using it. And you picked it up and you've got this lovely tinkling noise. Um, and I can remember the engineers at the time used to describe the shake test. If the plate had had an accident, give it a quick shake. And if it goes tinkle, it's definitely going to need to come in for repair slash replacement. Um, and, you know, when you're dealing with something that is so high tech, the manufacturers obviously are trying their best to make them as robust as possible. But the veterinary environment is not always nice um, and things like having the equine systems in custom designed bags or boxes so that when they're in your vehicle they're well protected is really important you know in the past we've had systems that have come in for service and they've not been packed up very well and a courier has managed to destroy them which is a horrendous thing to happen so we always recommend you know, if you are having to ship anything in for repair, that it is really well wrapped and you've got padding all the way around it. Because the reality of life is that couriers are very busy people and they don't know that it's your very important, valuable item inside. One of the other changes that we've seen is the system's a lot more able to cope with temperature fluctuations. Some of the very early DR systems, you couldn't get them below or above certain temperatures. And if they actually went to a freezing temperature, there was a risk of catastrophic plate failure, which obviously wasn't good in winter. Um, you know, if you can't let it go below zero, that's precluding doing a lot of external radiography. So having 
sensors that are a lot more temperature stable has been really good. Um, and that's something where in the past CR could actually have an issue because if a CR detector gets warm, it will actually self-fog. Um, and if you're not aware of that, especially if you've got a hot summer or you've not got air conditioning in your x-ray room, what we've often seen is that people in the summer were getting worse image quality of the radiographs. And we were actually having to say to them before you x-ray every patient, you had to erase your CR plates, which is adding to your workflow just because the room was too warm. Um, <clears throat> and we had that at one site that was actually final winter, oh, sorry, final summer. And then in the winter, their plates started giving them poor image quality on their CR system. And it was that they'd moved where the machine was and it was now sat next to a radiator. And they were in one of the northern parts of Scotland and it was cold. The radiators were on and it was causing a lot of image quality issues until we worked out what it was and actually just moved the CR system away from the radiator. And that's the sort of thing which DR is a lot more stable around. So things like that, I think, are really going to help. Um, and obviously, hopefully, they're not going to get kicked when they're in small animal practice. But there is still some dangers there, isn't there, Sam? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you're right. They're probably at less risk of being kicked, but you, you never you never know. <laughs> These things can. It wouldn't surprise me if that had managed to happen in small animal practice. But um, the there's always risks of them being dropped from tables and um, patients um, moving and knocking knocking things over. And and obviously in, in small animal practice, there's, there's there's possibly a bit more risk of things being um, urinated on or getting fluid ingress as well. So I, I think that the point um, both. Uh, Kat and Ben have made is great about thinking about protectors for the plates. Obviously, if you do have them mounted in a floating top table, as I said before, they are a bit more protected. But this is where um, considering plate protectors can come in. And, and again, just like we've been saying, the improvements in the technology and the, the improvements in just the, the ruggedness of the plates does make them a lot more practical um, for use in a kind of busy clinical setting as well. I mean, it's, it's interesting with people changing uh, to digital systems because I think as, as we've mentioned people often have sort of preconceived ideas or misconceptions about how, how difficult the, the technology might be to adopt um, often often which aren't true and um, one of the ones that, that I've heard uh, a couple of times is that um, if you're moving to, to forms of digital um, imaging that, that you couldn't use um, your, your older generators and you had to have a, a different design as well which is, is an unusual one I don't know where that's come from I, I don't know if, if, if either you, Kat or Ben, have, have heard that before. I have heard that, Sam. Um, and actually, a practice near me was told this. And they were sort of told that if you just changed over, you had to get a new generator. And I know there were times in the past where it was easier to get a new generator, especially on the wired systems where if you were hardwiring things together, it can be simpler just to replace everything. Um, obviously that can cost a lot more money but they were just they were actually moving on to CR and they were told they needed to change the generator um, and yeah I explained to them that this wasn't the case and they actually had a quite an old ex-hospital generator but while it was a bit of a beast it was good and reliable and it gave them a few more years of good service before finally old age did catch up with her um, and while she was still trying to work well, um, we just couldn't, nobody could get the parts because it was of that age. Um, have you sort of heard stuff around that, Ben? Uh, thankfully, no, I, no, I haven't. I, um, I don't know. I, I, I guess that just sounds like a little bit of confusion or misunderstanding. As you say, Kat, I wonder if that's maybe one of these sort of, um, 
uh, Chinese whispers type things where the the original explanation was, as you you say before, you know, before the sort of AED panels and everything being wired, you know, sort of to to, to trigger with the um, uh, you know, with the exposure, and and that's just been sort of um extrapolated beyond beyond uh the, the actual truth. I I don't know, but but um. Hopefully that one will, uh, as a rumor, will will die a death. I I think that's probably uh, time we've we've uh, we've had a pretty decent discussion there. I, I feel, and certainly, I, I, it sounds like between the three of us, we're uh, we're in agreement that um, DR is the way to go. Um, CR has obviously uh, been been a fantastic stepping stone from you know from the days of dunking film uh, in in uh, dark cupboards, and uh, now now we're obviously on to uh, if you like stage three, as it were, and and I think probably it seems to be an on, ongoing trend in that um, in that direction. Thank you to both of you guys for joining me, and thank you to everyone who's listened. As usual, please keep an eye on our social media. Uh, we've got next month's come episode coming up, uh, and if anybody has any to- ideas for topics that they'd like us to chat about and discuss, then again, as usual, please don't hesitate to get in touch with us by email. It's probably the easiest. So clinical at imv imaging.com just before we sign off we have a little bit of sad news for our podcast and that is to say that after 11 years of um hard work and uh an unbelievable kind of encyclopedic knowledge uh, of of radiography being shared with her colleagues and um and our customers alike Cat is off to pastures new, so this will be her last and final podcast. Um, so, Cat, a special thank you to you for all of your uh, m- most excellent efforts over, um, well, my entire time at, at uh, IMV and, and, and BCF before that, and and obviously a good few years before um, before me as well. So, I think from everybody uh, at the company, and certainly in particular from Sam and me and the team, thank you ever so much for your efforts and. We obviously wish you very well uh, in your in your new role. I hope you have uh, a nice a nice time spending uh, spending a little bit more time with your long suffering husband and your uh, wonderful dog Maisie. Um, so thank you. And on that note, we can actually say goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. And thank you for that sign off. And it's goodbye from me. And thanks everyone for listening. <laughs>